everyone. I'm Maike Slot and you're listening to Do We Click, a monthly research podcast on the digital relationship between journalists and their audiences. Do We Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University Rotterdam. This is episode 15 and this is a special one. I will share some insights of Dutch media organizations in the way they experience the relationship with their audience during the corona pandemic. But first, this. Due to the corona crisis, the university has cancelled all physical meetings until summer. But because our students still need to be able to finish their year, all lecturers have turned to digital alternatives to replace real-life meetings. I start the video conferencing app on my computer. Today I'm expecting 18 students. I've sent all of them an email explaining the situation and inviting them with a link to the digital classroom where they will have a guest lecture for their honors program. None of them has replied, so I have no idea whether they have received my message. At first my hopes are not very high. Yes, the guest lecture is present and well prepared, but I see only eight students. The closer we get to the starting time though, I see more familiar names popping up. And when we start, whoa, 16 students are there, somewhat later joined by number 17, who's in Canada with her family. One student misses the meeting because she's on a plane back to Israel, but she informed me in advance. So all in all, a fantastic start, and the meeting lasts for over two hours. The session is going well, and there's even some interactivity. Still, I miss being in one room with my students. It's just not the same. I realize that interaction is not as natural as I'm very used to looking them in the eyes, checking to what extent they are paying attention, whether they understand what is said, and to ask a casual question to a student who I see is drifting off. The past weeks have taught me what it means to have a digital-only relationship with my own audience, the students, as an assistant professor. The COVID-19 crisis has changed our way of life and how we work. Also for me, for example, I'm recording this podcast in some kind of storage closet in my house in The Hague, while my four-year-old is watching a movie in another room of the house, so it's quite a different experience. At university, our digital alternatives are working, at least to a certain extent. We have seen incredible creative solutions to existing challenges. My honor students, for example, created an online symposium 2.0 portfolio to show their work and experiences instead of having a real-life symposium in a theater. This is something I'm very proud of. We are all Skyping, Zooming, Microsoft Teaming, Google Hangouting, WhatsApp videoing, you name it. We share our experiences with online teaching among colleagues in, again, digital meetings. We develop digital assignments, come up with online learning resources. And of course, we have all worked with digital education before, but never on such a scale. Many of us believe that digital should be of additional value, not the replacement of our whole curriculum. Yet here we are doing it. This makes me realize even more that when we speak about the digital relationship between journalists and their audiences, this state of being in touch without seeing each other in real life is, in fact, the standard way of relating. And it's not easy. 
not even in normal circumstances. The corona pandemic has exponentially increased the need for reliable and fast news that explains the complexities of the situation and the measurements well. News organizations have seen their audience metrics going through the roof. While some people expected newspapers to become thinner, less sports, no events, the opposite is visible. There's more work than ever. At the same time, they're being challenged. They need to do their job under more difficult circumstances. Empty editorial departments, working from home, not being able to freely go out and meet people to interview. It's extremely challenging. The situation becomes even more hectic since many advertisers have withdrawn and especially regional and local news media have felt the impact of that on their budget. The past weeks I've seen many examples of great online initiatives in the Netherlands that bring the news about the coronavirus to the Dutch, explaining the situation, giving national and international updates, analyzing the available statistics and providing in-depth stories from people working in hospitals or other care facilities, by doing so providing a more human face to the numbers that we see. Dutch newspaper The Volkskrant, for example, keeps readers up to date with a daily analysis of the statistics, but also explains very clearly what they are actually telling us. The Dutch public broadcaster is making a collection of stories about people working in healthcare, illustrating what this crisis means to them personally. And then regional newspapers, such as the Eindhoven's Dagblad, that provide stories of the situation in the most impacted region in the Netherlands. Many Dutch news media have live blogs that they keep updating with new developments, outcomes with meetings in parliament and the content of press conferences of the Dutch prime minister. That they are putting in a lot of effort is clear to me. Considering my research topic, it still made me wonder how news organizations in the Netherlands are experiencing the digital relationship with their audiences in times of crisis. Did this relationship change? How are they providing their audiences with the information that they need? That's why I sent some of my contacts that I've interviewed in the previous stage of my research an email message asking them to update me on their situation. I'm very grateful that some of them made time in their busy schedule to reply, and in this podcast I will share some of their insights with you. The responses I got give quite a diverse overview of news media. I've gotten messages from RTL News, a national commercial news organization, uh, Nu.nl, the most visited digital news platform in the Netherlands, the Algemeen Dagblad, a national newspaper with many regional editions, and the Barneveldse Krant, a more locally or regionally oriented newspaper. The first question I asked was how these news organizations respond to the news needs and questions of their audiences. What stands out is that all news organizations are very active in making inventories of the questions that their audience members have. As Dennis Naartgeboren, chief news at the newspaper AD, explains, news outlets are always looking for a good mix of news, interviews, background stories and interpretation to satisfy the various needs that the audience members have. In times of crisis though, and especially a health-related crisis like this one, in which practically everybody is affected in their daily routines and practices, news organizations notice that many people have a big need for service-related news. They have specific questions that they need specific and reliable answers to. Based on this insight, the ADE started a service file on their website 
with the most important questions their readers asked, either by email, by letter, or social media, and provided the answers to these questions. They also actively approached their readers by sending out a call for new questions. At RTL News, they noticed this increase in questions, especially at the end of February, on their Facebook page, where their posts about the coronavirus raised many questions from their Facebook followers. Now, based on these questions, RTL made a special online broadcast with experts in which these questions were addressed. This proved to be so successful that they continued this format, allowing audience members to continue asking questions on the RTL website or on Facebook and taking these as a starting point for answers. By now, I can see on RTL's website that they've made 40 corona updates that answer questions such as why we in the Netherlands do not wear masks as they do in other countries, or whether you can get the coronavirus from touching a shopping cart. Dennis van Luling, chief digital at RTL, explains that at the end of March, they had already received over 16,000 corona-related questions, an incredible number. He also shares that the series they created attracts a new audience which comes from Google, a platform that did not generate that much traffic in the past. So in short, with this initiative, they not only service their current followers on Facebook, but are also reaching new people that feel the need to be informed and that struggle with similar questions. Now, Nu.nl is one of the few Dutch news outlets that allows people to comment on the news. They monitor the corona-related comments that are posted, sometimes even thousands a day, and filter out questions that people have. This is a different strategy than questions being posted on social media. The editors at Nu.nl have made a constantly updated article that serves as a platform for these questions. Allowing visitors to also comment on this ever-changing article also generates new questions that can be answered in follow-ups. Now, within the article, they link to other pieces that they write, other stories, and that go more into detail, which is a handy way of keeping visitors longer on the website. As this can be seen as a more reactive strategy, right? But as Colin van Hoek, deputy editor-in-chief of the news website, explains, they also approach their visitors in a more proactive way. They ask readers to send them questions about specific topics and will take these questions into account when they, for example, interview politicians. In Barneveld, at the Barneveld's Krant, there is also a big focus on social media, but not only to inform. Especially the local editions of the newspaper play an active role in making connections between readers. For example, by starting corona-related help groups on Facebook where people who need help can find other locals that are able to help them. This is a new role for these local newspapers, and Geert-Jan Janssen, content manager innovation at the Barneveldse Krant, underlines their importance in times of crisis. News organizations notice that audience members also like to read and see more positive stories. So on a more casual level, news outlets try to accommodate people who are now obliged to apply social distancing and stay at home as much as possible. The AD has dedicated part of their website to a section called First Aid for Staying at Home. Here they share inspiring stories of how people spend their time when staying inside. Also, National Newspaper NRC has launched a stay-at-home guide in which they publish tips and tricks for making staying at home as comfortable as possible. They provide, for example, 
tips on how to take care of your own hair while hairdressers are closed, or which books or podcasts are really worthwhile. And RTL publishes a more positive page filled with portraits of Dutch people who keep our society working, such as firefighters or truck drivers, supermarket stock clerks, all those kinds of professions. And Nu.nl also publishes positive corona news. I also asked my contacts whether the crisis changed the relationship with their audiences, and if yes, how? Has their relationship developed new dimensions? Well, if I analyze the answers very broadly, I would say that most of all, the crisis has intensified the already existing relationship news organizations have with their audiences. So there's not a lot of change, but it's deeper, it's more intense. They report that they get way more traffic to their websites and the number of responses and questions they receive has increased exponentially. People seem to find their way to the newsmakers and rely on them for providing reliable information and answers. Geert-Jan Janssen of the Barnevoudse Krant adds that news organizations seem to be also needed by local organizations and municipalities for part of their crisis communication. My contacts agree that all of this is great confirmation that news organizations are indeed still very relevant nowadays. One thing Dennis van Luling of RTL mentions, and what I find very interesting, is that because of all the feedback from the audience their organization receives, often appreciative but sometimes critical, is that they have become more transparent. For the first time in 20 years, they published a commentary of RTL News Editor-in-Chief to explain the difficult decisions that journalists sometimes have to make in times like these. I've also noticed this myself, for example on LinkedIn, where my contacts from the journalistic field publish information about number of visitors on their websites, updates of how they work from home, how empty the editorial department is, or the CEO of Dutch news agency AMP, Freek Stops, who publishes regularly on LinkedIn which articles and pictures are used by Dutch news media the most. I think this is a positive development because it makes Dutch journalism more personal and engaging. In summary, it seems that responding to questions and comments from the audience members is the dominant way in which news organizations strengthen their relationship with their audience during the corona crisis. My third question was whether the audience also participated on a more active level, for example by providing news stories or at least ideas for news stories. My contacts indicate that most of these stories stem from the questions they receive, so these provide valuable input for further investigation of journalists. But in addition to these questions, news audience provide also more concrete story ideas, and you see this probably more often in regional and local news outlets. Dennis Naartgeboren from the AD sent me some great examples. One is that parents of Dutch backpackers in South America contacted a newspaper because their children were unable to come back home because of travel restrictions. This yielded some interesting stories. A second example concerns a general practitioner in Tilburg, in the center of the corona epidemic in the Netherlands, who kept a diary. Her daughter contacted the AD to share it, thinking that it would be valuable for the rest of the Netherlands. And since then, the newspaper publishes part of this diary on their website. Also, the Barneveldse Kant is actively involved with the audience. We already mentioned their uh, Facebook groups, but Geert-Jan Janssen shares also that schools have approached the newspaper to organize, for example, photo competition, 
And they started a special section called Hart onder de Rien, which is meant for people to send in pictures and messages to give each other courage. They also produced a video bulletin for companies to show the impact of the corona crisis on their business. All good examples of how these news outlets occupy an important position in the community. In some, these are positive stories of how a difficult and often tragic situation can also lead to a tighter relationship between news organizations and audience members. And of course, this crisis also causes challenges. The decline in advertising income is one of them. And luckily by now, the Dutch government has indicated to help local and regional news organizations financially. Another challenge is the workload for journalists. We've already discussed in previous podcasts that the work for journalists never stops. And this is even more true nowadays, especially with journalists working from home. Their well-being is not easily monitored. And when pressure is high, it's even more important to keep carefully selecting which news to bring and to work in the most responsible and objective way. Nu.nl regularly posts articles debunking coronavirus misinformation, such as that a high dose of vitamin C will cure you once infected. When social media is filled with uncheckable information, without proper sources, the jobs of journalists to provide trustworthy information is more important than ever. And with those final observations, I would like to end this podcast sending all my courage and appreciation to journalists who keep us healthily informed during these complicated times. In addition to other very crucial people, such as healthcare workers, they also deserve a lot of credit. And this is also my final podcast for the coming months, not because of the corona crisis, but because I'm having a baby in a few weeks. And even in times of crisis, babies don't wait to get born. I wish all of you lots of health, stay safe, and Do We Click will be back after summer, hopefully in better times. Take care. That was it for now. Next time, I'll tell you more. Will you click again? Do We Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University Rotterdam.